0: Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor. And we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we would encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. This morning, you know, last week we we started a new series called Follow. And uh, did anybody uh, get these cards, Am I Following?, if you didn't, I would encourage you to take a couple of these cards this week to remind yourself of the question, am I following? And we're going we're gonna to continue on uh, in this series, but last week we talked about how, how all of Jesus' followers were doubters and sinners. Right? All every single one of them. In fact, in fact, it was a, a prerequisite that they were a doubter and a sinner. In fact, we see that that it went many years, two years, sometimes even it wasn't until after Jesus died and came back to life again that people actually believed that he was the Messiah. And so oftentimes we have this, this mentality that you have to believe everything that's here in the Bible before you can start following Jesus. Now, the reality is that that most of his disciples, for a while, like it, it would say, you know, he's going along, he's doing something, and then one of them believed. They'd already been following him for months and sometimes years before they believed. So Jesus invited continually, he was inviting doubters and sinners to follow him. And that's good news for us. Because maybe you have questions about God, questions about faith. Maybe you have doubts even. Maybe you're not so sure of everything that the Bible says, but regardless of all that, you're invited to come and follow Jesus. Regardless of your lifestyle, regardless of the amount of faith that you have, regardless of how much you obey God's word, regardless of how much you know about God's word, regardless of, of how much knowledge you have, regardless of any of these things, you're invited to follow Jesus. So that brings up the question, you know, if we're going to be a follower of Jesus, what do we wear? Right? What do we wear? I mean, I mean, this is a serious question here. Like, like what do we wear? If we're going to follow Jesus, did you know you can tell a lot about people by what they wear? What do followers of Jesus wear? And that's actually why, why I wore sandals today. Because I figured, you know, Jesus probably wore sandals, so maybe it was a, it was a good idea for me to, to wear sandals. But we think about, you know, how we dress and all these things. But Paul, in the Bible, Paul was, was, uh, was someone, he wrote a lot of the books in the New Testament, and he told us what to wear. Now, don't get too nervous, because we all know this is before the invention of buttons and zippers and things like that, you know? And before everyone runs out and buys a set of sandals, uh, let's look at, at what Paul said. But let's think about Saul, um, Paul for a moment. Paul wasn't always named Paul. Before that, he was known as, as Saul. And, and Saul was someone who literally hunted down Christians to kill them and to throw them into prison. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath, and he was eager to do what? To kill. Eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. Verse 2. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any of the followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women back to Jerusalem in chains. So at first that's what he thought Christians should be wearing, right? It was chains. I mean, this guy did not like Christians. Man, maybe maybe you've been around some Christians before and you're like, "Man, I hate Christians," you know? Well, Paul saw at the time he hated them even more. He hated Christians so much. But here's the irony of the whole situation. In the process of hunting down these followers of the way, these Christ followers, he became one. So the whole thing just spun around. And and he went from, from hunting them down to preaching the message that they were preaching. But here's the interesting thing. As far as we can tell, Paul never actually... Knew Jesus. He wasn't there during the three years of Jesus' ministry. So a lot of what he learned was from conversations with the disciples. He knew the followers of Jesus. He knew them and he talked to them and he learned of Jesus' teachings. And there was there were uh, several teachings that were, were very important that Jesus gave, but there was one teaching that Jesus gave specifically. And, and Paul, what he kind of did was he took this teaching and he made it more practical for, for Gentiles. Those are people like us. Those, those are the people that aren't the Jews. We, we were just kind of doing our own thing. Paul took some of these teachings and made it more practical for us. And he leveraged this teaching that Jesus gave at the end of his ministry. And this starts in John 13, verse 33. John 13, 33 says, My children... I will be with you only a little while longer. You'll look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. So Jesus is saying, I'm getting ready to take a trip, I'm going somewhere, you can't come. But now he stops. He says, but here is the main thing. If you forget everything else I've ever taught you, here's one thing. This is the main thing. Listen to what he says in verse 34. He says, a what? A new command. Now, Now these, these Jews, they followed commandments all their life. They knew the commandments inside and out. And here's Jesus saying, okay, hold on. I'm going to give you a new command. This is the main thing. If you forget everything, don't forget this new command. You have to remember this. So he says, a new command I give you. What does he say? Love one another. Love one another. He's saying, I'm going to give you a new command love one another. And then he goes on. He says, I have loved you, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now think about it as I have loved you. Love one another. Like, we're not loving other people the amount of love we think they deserve, right? because let's be honest here for a minute okay? let's let's take off the church mask let's just be real for a minute is there people that you know that you feel like they deserve a little less love than everybody else Okay, a couple of us are honest the rest of us are just lying because quite frankly there's some people out there who are like you know what you don't deserve any love at all I mean like you deserve nothing and, 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 if, and if you don't know anyone specifically, then we can look at world leaders and such like that. And maybe we can find some common ground there. But that our feelings say, you don't deserve any love. He doesn't say, love one another the amount that they love you back. Right? Because how, how well will that be? I mean, that would get us off the hook, wouldn't it? That'd be great. Oh, you're a jerk to me, so I can be a jerk back to you. Right? No. He says, as I have loved you. Last week we talked about Matthew. Right? And so he's like looking at Matthew. He said, Matthew, you remember that time you're sitting at the tax collector table? You remember that? You're sitting at the tax collector table. Everybody hated you. You were despised. You were a traitor to the Jews. You're working for the Roman government. And man, everybody hated you. But do you remember what I said to you? I said, follow me. And what did we do, Matthew? We went to your house for dinner. That love that I showed you, I want you to show that to everybody. I want you to show that to everybody. And Peter, I know you were upset. You didn't want to hang around him, but I still loved you too and, and take that same love. And Nathaniel, Nathaniel, do you remember what you said? You remember what you said? You said, Can anything good come from Nazareth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nathaniel, you, you just dissed my entire town Where I grew up You just threw everybody on the bus But I still said, come and follow me Don't love people what they deserve Love people the same way that I have demonstrated That I love you You guys remember when, when Jesus said Eat the flesh and drink the blood And, then, and now all you disciples were running You are ready to abandon me But I didn't abandon you well, that same love, love each other. And then in verse 35, he says this. He says, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you, what? Love one another. That's the mark. That's the mark of a follower of Christ is, is if we're loving one another. This is what people will see. This is what Jesus was saying. You know, when people look at you, I don't care if they see the, the curly little things or the hat that you wear. I want them to see your love. It should be so obvious to them that they can immediately identify you by this single trait. This is how Jesus marked his followers. And in that day and age, you know, the, the Jews had very specific dress codes. They had very specific ways that they should cut their hair and not cut their hair and do their beard and, and, and clothing that they should wear. But Jesus is saying, that doesn't matter. I want them to know you're my followers by how you love. Verse 36. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? What? It's like, like, Peter, did you just miss? The whole conversation, Jesus says, okay, I'm going to go somewhere where I'm going. You can't come. But here's the main thing. This is a new commandment. New commandment. Don't forget this. Love one another. Love one another like I have loved you. Oh, well, Jesus, where are you going? Where are you going, Jesus? It's like, it's like he just, in one ear out the other. How, how often is it like that for us? You know, we hear, we hear, oh, love one another. And it's like, in one ear, one ear, out the other. We're like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I know. Love one another. Yeah, kumbaya, my Lord. You know I mean? It's like, come on. He's saying, I just gave you the main thing, and all you're concerned about is where I'm going. I, I imagine he was probably kind of frustrated. He's like, where, where I'm going, you can't follow, but you'll follow later. But don't forget this main thing, to love one another. We, we've heard this so many times, but this is not a throwaway statement. This is not something that we can just ignore. It's not something that, that we just write it into a song and sing it at church. Oh, we sing about love, we talk about love, but then we go out and we're a jerk to everybody around us. have have studied what people think about Christians and and the number one word when they say, think of any word that describes a Christian, the number one word, does anybody know what it might be? Judgmental. That's that's not love, is it? That's not love. But man, you look around and we see, yeah, there are a lot of judgmental believers. Listen to this. The pull of all religions, the pull, the draw of all religions is towards rule keeping and not relationship building. All religions, all world religions gravitate towards keeping rules rather than building relationships. Why? Because I'm in control of the rules, right? You give me a list and, and I can do the, the list. It's okay for me to hate you as long as I love God, you know? And when I have rules, with, what, what do we have when we have rules? We have loopholes, right? Because you're like, oh well, you didn't say this, and I find a loophole around that. So all these religions, they pull towards ritual and 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 uh, tradition and rules. They pull towards these things, and it replaces the priority of just treating people well, treating them with love. Now, some people that are here today, and if and if you haven't, then maybe someone you know, has probably been mistreated in the name of religion before. Or mistreated even in the name of Jesus Christ before. Or even been mistreated by a church before. You went somewhere and they mistreated you because the church says, oh, you can't do this, and you won't do that, and you got to do this, and, and if you do that, well, then you're bad, and if you do this, then you're good, and, and, and the church teaches this and that. And, and, and we end up getting rejected in the name of Jesus who died for us. The very same Jesus that died for us, they, they use his teachings as a way to reject other people. You know, I personally don't think that Jesus is very fond of his followers mistreating people the very people that he died for. He knew though that if we were left to our own if we were left to our own devices if we were left to just do whatever we thought we should do that we would end up making new rules. That we would just try to behave right all the time and just believe the right things all the time. If we behave right and believe right then we're then we're fine. We don't have to love anybody. We don't have to have a relationship with anybody. We don't have to have a relationship with God. That's why here at Thrive Church, our first value is the word connect, that we need to connect with each other, and we need to connect with God. See, it's all about relationships. See, this is the thing that distinguishes you from other people, from other religions in the world, from just people in general is not how we dress, not if we wear sandals, but it's in the way that we love others. Not how much they deserve to be loved, but how Jesus loved them. And and we often end up trying to replace love with a ritual and with a religion and with a routine. Let's not replace it. Because it's easy to confuse discipline with discipleship. It's easy to confuse discipline with actually just following God. Discipleship, like followership. I'm going to follow Jesus. You know, we, we, can, we can pray every day. I'm like, oh, i got to pray every day. got to read my Bible every day. got to go to church on the weekends. But that's no substitute for how I love those people that are around me. That's no substitute for how I follow Jesus in my own life. Yes, we should pray. Yes, we should read our Bible. Not, though, because it's a rule. We do that out of a relationship wanting to grow closer to God. If you're just doing it for a rule, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And this is why so many people haven't come to church, or they gave up on church, or they gave up on on, on following God because they met too many Christians that didn't show God's love. Maybe they don't read the Bible because the person that knew the most about the Bible was the meanest person they ever met. I hope that's not you. I hope we're able to to show people Christ's love. So all these religions, they move towards, they gravitate towards following more and more rules because it's easier to just check things off a list than to actually love people that are hard to love. And we all know some people that are hard to love. So Paul, 20 years later, 20 years after he you know, has this experience where he begins following Jesus, 20 years, we're not talking hundreds of years later, just about 20 years later, you know, Paul, he's going around and he's starting churches. He'll, he'll go into a small town. He'll meet some Jews. He'll meet some Gentiles. He'll start teaching them about Jesus. And then they'll all start gathering together. And then he'll say, okay, you're going to lead this group of people. And, and then they start lead, and he starts a little church there. And then Paul goes off and he does it somewhere else. And then he starts another church. And he starts doing that all throughout the Mediterranean Rim. And then he starts to mentor these churches by writing them letters. So he writes them letters and he's coaching them. But he sees that a lot of them are starting to replace the relationship with rules. They're starting to replace the relationship with rituals. And as a result, they're using these rules as an excuse to mistreat people that Jesus loves. So, so Paul says we've got to take things back to the basics. He took the idea of, of loving as Jesus loved and, and he made it a little bit more, more practical for the Gentiles. A little bit more, maybe uh, easier for them to understand. And he said, these are the things that characterize a follower of Jesus. And this is in Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says this. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, do what? Clothe yourselves. So here's what a Christian Christ follower should wear. Clothe yourselves with compassion. With compassion. What is compassion? This word is an interesting word. You know, we say, somebody, we say to somebody, I love you with all of my what? Heart, Heart right? In this era, they didn't say that. Okay, they, they, the 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 seat of their emotions wasn't their heart; it was their bowels. Okay, so it's like saying, "I love you with all of my bowels," you know, or tr- try that to your to your spouse, your kids, your parents. You know, honey, I just love you with all my guts, you know. And but here's what this meant: they meant compassion. And you know, you see something. You know, you, you see somebody get hurt, or you see something, and man, you can just kind of feel it in your gut. And what it's talking about, this compassion, is a compassion that you can feel. It's a compassion that you can really feel. You see somebody in hurt, that's hurting or in need, and you feel that for them. You feel for them, and you're compassionate, and you're driven to, to help them and do something about that. So, so he's saying, clothe yourselves with compassion clothe yourselves with compassion and 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 the thing of it is 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 you know we think about clothing ourselves we're like oh does a christian wear? we wear christian t-shirts or we we dress up for church or we wear a tie or we do this or we do that or you know it's just forget about all that clothe yourselves with compassion clothe yourselves with kindness Kindness, man. How often is that something that we neglect? Just basic kindness, treating other people with respect and kindness. Man, we sometimes here in Connecticut we get like so caught up in the way that we live that we're just we we just forget about basic kindness. You know, I was just uh, up in New Hampshire for a little bit of time, like we saw uh, last week, and on a bit of the. We saw here. Um, and, and the interesting thing about New Hampshire is that oftentimes like when you're like at a road and, and, and where we were at, there's four lanes of traffic, two lanes on each side, and you're walking on the sidewalk and you turn to cross the road, you know what happens? Everybody stops and you walk across the road. Now we go down here to the road, you know, I, and you try to cross that road, what are people gonna do? They're going to speed up, aren't they? (laughs) They're like, you ain't getting in front of me, buddy. I mean, you can see a crosswalk. I mean, I've seen people almost get hit in crosswalks. They're like, man, I'm getting, man, we're going by you because we've forgotten basic kindness. We need to put on, we need to put on the clothes. We need to put on compassion. We need to put on kindness. Just this basic kindness. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness humility. Now what's humility? Now a lot of times people get the wrong idea of humility. You know, it's like like, you know, hashtag humble, you know, or whatever. And it's like, or, or I have this great sermon on humility, but I just want to wait till we have a packed house so I can give it, you know. Or, or it's like, you know, I wear a badge, you know, I'm, I'm humble and proud of it, you know. And, and, and I've talked to people like that, they're like, oh yeah, I'm just, God's been working on me. I'm just so humble. Man, the time that you admit to being humble, <laughs> you probably got a long way to go before you actually get there. But what's Humility. It's not just, you know, because some people misunderstand humility and they just think, well, it just means talking bad about myself and thinking that I'm worthless. No, it's not that at all. It's recognizing where I stand before God and that before God, all of us are equal Before God, he loves me just as much as he loves you. And it doesn't, my accomplishments, my earnings, my achievements don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And neither do yours. And that means if I'm humble, that I see myself as God sees me. God's not impressed by what I have and what I've done. God already loves me as much as he ever can. So humility is coming up to someone and realizing, you know, I realize that you have just as much value in God's eyes as I do. And it doesn't matter what you've done or achieved, and it doesn't matter what I've done and achieved, I don't need to sit here and try to impress you because I already have the favor of the one who it's most important to impress. And I don't need to impress you. I can just come to you humbly. It doesn't mean that I say that I'm a loser and I'm worthless. It just means that I understand my place in the grand scheme of things. So we clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, and gentleness. What's gentleness? When we think about gentleness, oftentimes we kind of associate it maybe with weakness. But it's not the same as weakness at all. It, it's like this. Um, does anybody wear contact lenses? A couple of you, I wear contact lenses. And you know what? You know, I, 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 I'm not like a really strong guy, but I'm a relatively strong guy. But when I pick up a contact, I use as much gentleness as I can. You know, I don't pick up a contact the same way I'm going to pick up a hammer, right? I pick up a hammer a different way. And gentleness is basically when we say, "I have strength, but I'm not going to use it in this context and in this environment." I can be gentle towards someone else. I can be gentle in understanding of their feelings. I can talk with with a child or someone who's elderly. I can talk with someone and be gentle. I don't need to go in just flexing my muscles and showing all the strength i have its strength under control is gentleness clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness humility gentleness and patience you know back to the illustration i used i was in new hampshire and and people would stop to let you cross the road and here we don't why because we're not patient are we i mean how long does it take okay uh let's see which position should i put you in I'll put you the second driver back. Okay, we're stopped at a stoplight. There's a car in front of you, and the light turns green. How many seconds before you beep the horn? Three. Three? Okay, got some honest. View. I mean, I mean, it's like okay. Oh, they don't see it. They don't see it. They don't. See. Okay, that's it. I'm like, come on, you worthless scumbag, get out of the way. You know, it's like, I, you know, it's like I'm ready to write you off. I mean, just because you didn't go like immediately when the light turned green, because why? because we're not patient. Patience is what? Patience is adapting my speed for the speed of those that are around me. It's adapting my speed. Maybe I'm a type A personality. Maybe I like to do this. You know, I've brought some people backpacking before, and the thing that I learned about backpacking is I tend to hike reasonably fast. But if I go with someone that's never backpacked before, and I hike that speed and that rate, they're going to absolutely hate it. So for me, it takes some patience to say, okay, i got to adapt myself to a speed which they're comfortable with. That's what patience is, is not being in such a hurry everywhere. Man, we are in such a hurry all the time. You know, we've, I've been driving places before, and Carolyn says to me, she's like, why are you speeding? And I'm like, "I just because... I just, I'm, I'm in a hurry. And she's like, but you don't even want to go where we're going, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Why are you in such a hurry to get there then? But, you know, that, that's, that's how we are. We're not patient all the time. So we need to put these things on. We need to wear this clothing of compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. He, he summarizes all this in verse 13. In verse 13, he says, bear with each other and what forgive one another if any of you has an agree uh, forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive how don't forgive like they forgave you don't forgive like they deserve don't forgive like you want to forgive forgive the way Christ forgave you and he forgave you of everything everything you've ever done he's forgiven you now forgive those around you in that same way Forgive as the Lord forgave you, verse 14. And over all of these virtues, what does it say? Put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. See, love is like the umbrella that covers all of these things. All of these things are really just a breakdown of what love really is. Love is compassionate. Love is kind. Love is humble. Love is gentle. Love is patient. Love is forgiving. So this is the dress code that Paul gives us. He says, clothe yourselves with these things each day. But we look at this list. We look at this list. Can we put that list up there? And We have the list. We look at this list. Compassion, humility, kindness, forgiveness, love, all these things. We put this list up there and we say, how in the world can I do that? I just don't have enough time in the day. You know, and it would be fine if I just could lock myself in the house and never go out. You know, I could maybe, maybe I could do it then. Maybe, maybe not. But, but man, I got to go out in the real world and there's jerks out there. You know, there's people that are just, they're just stupid. They just do dumb things. How in the world am I going to do? I just don't have time and I just don't have the energy. And I just want to get through my day and come home and watch TV. How can we take it seriously? Well, I relate with that. And I look at this list too, and I'm like, man, how do I do this? But we look at the dude that wrote this. This is Paul. And I don't mean to be offensive here, but Paul accomplished more in his few years of ministry than probably any of us will ever do in our entire lives. You know, I mean, I mean he, he, he taught things that are still being taught 2,000 years later. He helped to launch a movement. Now, the best that maybe we can do is start a great company, maybe do an iPhone app, and we're like, woohoo, you know? But, but I mean, Paul, like, he did some real, you know, cool stuff, and he really impacted a lot of people. It, but it's him that's saying, and he did all this without Motron and without electricity, right? He did all this stuff. It's not a natural thing to do. It's not natural to be compassionate to someone who's a jerk to you, it's not, it's not natural to be humble. I mean, what what is the whole purpose uh, of our society? Man, we go around and we like to tell people our titles and this and that. And, oh, I got this degree and that degree and here's my resume. And we talk about our achievements and our accomplishments. But we need to remind ourselves to put on these clothes. Because Jesus wants to identify us. He wants us to be identifiable by the way that we treat others. Now, there's a problem with this sermon, and I'll tell you what the problem is: is that we listen to it, we're like, "Yeah, it's great," and you'll leave there and you'll say, "Oh, that was a great sermon." I'm giving myself a little extra credit here, and um, and you'll go and say, "Oh, yeah, yeah that's fine." Well, I wonder what we're going to be talking about next weekend. We're in this fall series, so I wonder what it's next weekend. And, and it's like it's like in one ear and out the other. But Jesus is saying, "This is the main thing." This is the most important thing we can do is is treat other people the way Jesus treated us. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.